Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. I am continuing with completing the videos that I will be putting up for the near future. So at this time, I will not be making every single prophecy a video. The first thing I would like to recommend is if you're new to the channel, it would be good for you to go back to the blog. This video channel is a support channel for the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. That is www.the-masters-voice.com. You pop that into any browser that is not Google. And it will be sure to take you to the blog and there you will find at the top a handy menu where all the prophecies, at least the older ones and some of the new ones, I haven't had time to redesign the blog in a while, but you will find the majority of the prophecies, at least from the last two years, they're all lined up at the top is a drop down menu and you can find them. Um, there's prophecies, about 21 prophecies on the harm that causes harm of that goes in the arm. Those prophecies were coming back to back to back over the period of a year and a half from the Lord. And those prophecies, the videos for them are still available on BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon, which is where you're watching this video right now. And also there are prophecies on the supernatural, the things that the Lord has shown that will come in the future. And please, when you're on this blog, understand that the Lord has not set time limits for the things that he is showing me. One of the things that I do not do is burden the Lord by asking him, when is this and when is that? The Lord is free to speak about what he wants to speak about. He is free to reveal things. The Lord was revealing secrets to the ancient prophets, things that have still not happened to this day. The things that John saw in the book of Revelation have not come to pass up to now. So imagine if the person that God is attempting to have a conversation with, in this case, me, was overly burdened with, but God, when, but God, when would he be free to speak? Would he not move on and choose someone else? I give the Lord room to be himself because I understand implicit at the heart of prophecy, especially the way the Lord is using me, which is to flesh out the final things. Implicit in that is understanding that he is God and I am the listener and therefore I am taking the notes of what he has said so that I will be able to come out and proclaim them accurately as they were given to me. And so there are different topics on the blog. Also, I give many names of prophecies in these videos. I either link it for people at the bottom in the comments and it's always the prophecy that you're watching is always linked in the description box, so right under the channel name, the explanation and where all the other channels are, all that information is there. So really the last step is now for you to go back to the source because in these prophecies, there's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of good revelation, things that the Lord has sovereignly led me into, things that I myself have never heard in church, either because the pastors do not teach it, they know of it, they don't teach it. They never heard of it in their lives. They don't teach it. They do not want to scare off the church, the flock. They don't teach it. And so a lot of people have massive gaps in their understanding. 
And I've always said, if you are reading the Bible or you are hearing a message and you do not understand it, and the first thing that you do is say, I don't believe this or I'm pushing back, just understand that rule number one in studying the scripture is if you read anything in this book that you do not agree with, if you read anything in this book that you cannot follow, the basic truth is that it is you that needs to get the revelation. It is you that needs to seek God for better understanding. It is you that is not catching up with what the father is saying. It's never him. He's never wrong. He's never confused. The Bible predates all of us. And now that God has come to open his end times prophecy, there's none of us who can say, well, I didn't see the scripture and I don't know where it is. It's us who actually needs to go and plug those gaps so that as the Bible says, when the winds hit, and the storms came and they beat against that house, it did not collapse because it had been founded on the rock. You can only claim that you're founded on the rock when you are not missing huge chunks of your foundational knowledge. Today's prophecy is called Future Events and the Loss of the Sea Part 2. So there is a part one. I will not be making a video for that. I will link it in the description. This prophecy was received this year on the 12th of May, 2022. The banner scripture is this, the third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. And it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Revelation chapter 8, verses 10 to 11. So the wormwood that I'm talking about here is the biblical wormwood and not the wormwood, the toxic plant that can kill you with only a tiny little bit if you eat it. In the Bible, wormwood is used to signify a very bitter and terrible judgment. Wormwood, because as you've heard, it's a natural plant that is extremely toxic at very small levels. Wormwood biblically is used to signify a bitter and a terrible judgment that is almost impossible to bear. It feels like one is being killed when one is going through a judgment of wormwood. You could call it a poison pill, so to speak. Wormwood in the Bible is also an angel. This is a fallen angel, a star that will fall from heaven. And the Lord showed me this um, in the things that he was showing me. So this was an early morning discussion with visions and things like that. There are difficult things to hear in this prophecy, but as always, I will do full obeisance to the Lord and deliver this word exactly the way he taught it to me with the truth. In the future, there's going to be a great struggle over drinking water. This is going to be an international problem. This is not an American issue. This is not a South American issue. This is not a European issue. Water is going to be in such short supply and the nations will be locked in a bitter struggle to find it. Water possession rights will be the talk of the moment and yes, people will come to war over water rights, especially those nations that don't have access to fresh drinkable water themselves. So there are countries all over the world, they don't have access to the sea. So their access for shipping and ports and trade and industry is heavily dependent on the nations that have direct access to the sea. And this is why 
when you think about the prophecies that the Lord has been bringing for years here, saying that international relations between nations will break down and war will break out among the nations, when a critical, I won't even call it critical, water is a life and death situation. You lack it for a short period of time and we are going to bury you. So when an essential, a life and death resource like water becomes in short supply, you can bet that tempers are going to flare. Harsh words are going to come out if the sea, the sea bordering nations begin to say, oh, well, we're not giving access to our shipping lanes. If a country perhaps goes through a drought, like America will go through many droughts because that is part of her punishment from God. The country goes through a drought and then needs to be piping in water from the neighbor and the neighbor well says, well, we're upping the price from five bucks to 45 bucks for a liter of water that you pump from our lakes because the water is now in short supply. We need to prioritize our people. It is going to get ugly really fast. This is how we need to think about the prophetic events in the Bible. We, we read and it says, the red horse was riding, and then we just say, oh, are we in the red horse? Are we in the red horse? People of God, are you prepared for the nitty-gritty breakdown of being in the red horse? Are you prepared for, for war itself, what that conflict does, the loss of life, the terror, the running, the hiding by night, the jumping over the fence into Mexico? Are you prepared for the ancillary problems? Those countries who may be blessed enough not to actually have a civil war, blessed enough not to actually be at war with their neighbor. Are you ready for what God called the mass movement of people, mass displacements of people in the end times? Thousands and thousands of homeless, no clothing, no shoes, no money, no identification, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people on the run to preserve their lives and their children's lives flooding into neighboring countries. What country is pre prepared for um, humanitarian crisis like that? What countries, how many countries are just sitting around and thinking, well, all our surplus money on the balance sheet, we want to spend it on refugees. That's what we want. These are things that will throw the world into tumult. Nations will be looking for answers. And it is into this kind of critically unbalanced world that you can expect to see the beast system rising and promising everyone that it has answers. So there's a huge struggle for water and great international problems. And God said that all the nations will be touched with this bitter struggle to find fresh drinkable water. It will become a scarce resource, water, a prized commodity. Huge sums of money will change hands for water and international wars will arise over it. And he was quite blunt. There will not be enough water for everyone and this will lead to mass death and population decline. These things are mentioned in the book of Revelation. But like I said, the Bible has a habit of being sometimes a one-liner. The Bible can spend two chapters describing the life of a king, and then it will come to terrible situations like this and drop three sentences. And this is why God is speaking to people in the last days and opening up those sentences so that his people can understand prophetically what is going to happen. The Bible predicts large-scale loss of life in the end times. And this will be one of the things, struggle for food, that's called famine in the end times in Revelation chapter 6. 
famine will come. That's part of the pale horse. And the lack of water that will lead to mass death and population decline. This is the first part of the prophecy, the struggle for water. The second part of the prophecy is called the truth about small children. God says that it is time to know the truth about small children. Small children are going to decline in their number in this year. I'm talking about the entry of babies into the, into the world. I'm talking about the lifespan of small children that are not able to endure, for instance, the water situation that I've just described. God says that it is time the people of God knew the truth, that there's not going to be any special rapture for children, any special catching away, any separate harpazo for children. These are all deceptions that have crept into the modern day church, and my, my, how strong they are God says that small children are going to decline in their numbers, and it is time that people knew this and accepted this. I will bring them home to me, said the Lord of hosts, for this is the time of decline. Time of decline is basically what Isaiah chapter 13 is talking about when it begins to speak of an empty earth with no people there. An empty earth that I have been talking about in many of these prophecies, and people think I mean the earth is empty because people have been taken away in the rapture. The earth will be empty because there will be a ton of passing away, the righteous, the unrighteous, and also the persecution of the evil murdering system that is even now arising around the world for its time of rulership. And no one is going anywhere and that includes small children. So when I woke up, this revelation about small children was already in my heart. So I wasn't thinking about small children in my dreams. I wasn't thinking about it. But when I woke up, it was already there, this knowledge. And this was one of the things God opened up. He said that there's no separate rapture for anybody. Whoever taught that there's a separate rapture because children are small and people think that, well, God is sentimental and all that. He said that people who teach these things are liars and thieves of faith. What does it mean to be a thief of faith? A thief of faith is anyone who feeds you a lie and you consent to consume that lie like a separate rapture for children. And then you put your hope in that lie and you believe it until the times when you realize that children can't run, they can't fight, they can't go for long periods without food. It's very hard for them to keep still in case the New World Order people are poking around and everybody in the house is hiding and the child just can't manage to hide and be quiet that long. Children cannot endure these things. And God said that he's going to bring them home. So the thief of faith is the one who feeds you the storyline that, oh, no, 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 you don't need to worry about the children. God is going to take them away and, and, and rapture them and they won't be harmed. Children will be harmed because the time of the end is a time of severe endurance that Isaiah 13 says that even grown men, they will, they will bow over with the pain and the hurt and the shock of those days. The Bible says that they will be like pregnant women who suddenly go into labor. And mind you, men can tolerate a lot. So when they're bowed over in pain, what do we think will happen to children? Children will decline. They will pass away because they are small and fragile. They cannot bear the searing temperatures that are coming to this earth. America, God has said, 
that this nation will become large patches of desert. Desertification, for those who read the Old Testament, you know that desertification is one of God's biggest punishments on a goat nation, a reprobate nation, a judged nation. Beautiful, fertile fields dry up. They are no longer able to produce food. They become cracked, arid desert, and there come searing hot temperatures to that country, pretty much like Elijah brought on Israel when they wouldn't come stop sinning, and he called for three years of drought. Well, he just called for years of drought and the country went into a severe drought and it was God who had to show mercy and overturn Elijah's judgment and say, well, I'm going to bring rain now. It's enough. So children are fragile. They can't bear the hot temperatures that are coming. They cannot bear long-term hunger. They cannot go long without water and they cannot survive continued exposure to the elements. This is when people are forced to flee into the wilderness and live off the land. And since this is a highly developed nation where very few people know how to live off the land, those in the dense urban areas, populated cities and things like that, it's only people who have grown up all their lives in Montana and Oregon and Texas and things like that that are going to have a fighting chance because their children can shoot at 10 years old and stuff like that. Children having to live out in the elements exposed to cold temperatures at night, searing temperatures in the daytime, running away from mountain lions and wolves, things like that. God said that children cannot bear such conditions. And he's going to take children home in a way that nobody wants to hear about but I'm going to speak about it on this blog because I am not a thief of faith. God said that in the deserts of Mount Sinai, in the horribly harsh and inhabitable places that he was leading Israel, he was a covering for them. He said he made something like a veil. He called it a covering cast and he put it over them so that the heat would not destroy them. And as he was talking to me, I saw a bunch of people in the desert and they had this beautiful shimmering thing that looks like it was made of water. So I don't know if anyone has ever seen those beautiful shimmering curtains that are so fine that you can see through them. And if any wind touches them, they just move. Most women like them as a second layer of curtains because they're so beautiful and decorative. Well, I saw something like that, but it was made of wind and water and not fabric. And it blew over Israel continually. And that is why those people for all those years that they were in that boiling Mount Sinai desert, they never passed away. They were protected. And so God said that they never got too hot, even though they were living in the raw, exposed desert surface, because he was like climate control over them and he protected them. And that is that cloud by day thing. He said he gave them water to drink. He rained down bread from heaven to take care of their hunger. He said he made sure that by supernatural means, their clothes were warm enough for them. Even though we know in the desert, the temperature goes from boiling to sometimes zero or minus zero at night. And he said, yet the same clothes that kept them warm at night was able to keep them cool during the day, even when they were trekking in that desert sun for hours. 
He said that even their animals were carefully cared for by him. The sheep, camels, goats, all the animals, he made sure that there was food and water for all. And God said that this that I'm describing, he will do it for his people when those days come. He will do these things for his people, but he said to tell Christians that even in your tents, which means your homes, there will be crying because children are going to leave this world. Good children will be part of what the Lord called the harvest of the righteous. And as I just described in recent videos, the unrighteous children will be taken away also because God said clearly that even children have sin. He called it recalcitrance, a hardening of the heart whereby they are so rebellious that they will not yield to any form of discipline. And God said that that is sin and people should not labor under the misconception that because a person is young, a youth, a child, small, he won't judge them. God knows every human heart. I've shared here many times that even though we cannot conceive it, God knows the heart of a baby. God knows the heart of all living. And he said that he will judge children with the judgment meant for them, which means that God is perfectly able to judge a child at the child's level. What God knows the child should know, what the child should do and not do. God can see in the child if the child has understanding that they're doing wrong and they're doing it anyway. No parent would ever say, my child is doing wrong and I'm going to truthfully say that my child is doing wrong. No parent has that capability, but God is the ultimate, the perfect parent. And he said he will judge children with their own judgment and the unrighteous children will be taken away. And now he is saying that even in Christian homes where your child is good, we should not be surprised to see people, little people, young people, youth being taken away. And um, we're seeing that already. The next part of the prophecy is called fertility in the last days. There will be fewer children on this earth, not only because of passing away, children will stop being born I have seen this vision many times where God showed me that the wombs of women became inhospitable. That is the word. Inhospitable, inhospitable means that just imagine you have a house and you never want anyone to visit. You never want anyone to come over for dinner or anything like that. You do not have an ounce of hospitality. That is what it means. It means harsh, difficult to live in. But when it's talking about the womb, it's talking about a womb that is affected by factors that make it very difficult to get pregnant or to stay pregnant. An inhospitable womb cannot sustain life. In fact, an inhospitable womb, the doctors call it a hostile womb. It fights life. It literally fights the baby and it's very hard for the fetus to attach and stay in there. And God said that women's wombs will become like that in the end times for a number of reasons. One of them is a curse from God. God said that he will judge sexually immoral women. So there's a lot of women, they have their little things in their arms, their sticks, or they have their injections, whatever they're doing to prevent pregnancy now, because they want to be out and about in the world of sexual freedom and Tinder. However, there always come seasons in a woman's life when she's done with Chad and Brad, and now she's married one person, she settled down and she wants to have children. And God said, there will be none of that. The judgment for sexual immorality will simply be barrenness. 
Women who have been out there, sexually immoral, not repenting, living their best life. God said there will be no children for you. The next thing is a curse of medication. This is just basically pharmacia. Again, many people, their doctor will put them on something long-term. They've been on it since they were 16. Now they're 35. And now they finally figure they've got the career at the right place. They want to have children. And now they go to get this thing out. And then for two to five years, they're trying and they can't get a baby. God said that is the curse of messing with your biology for convenience. He says the outcome of all sorts of things that women have put in their bodies over the years will cause them to be utterly unable to bear children or to even be carry, able to carry a fetus to full and healthy term. Full and healthy term means that people will be having a lot of miscarriages. So they won't be able to get pregnant because of the long-term medication they've been on and also, even if they do get pregnant, they will start to drop these babies. Another curse of medication is, cannot be spoken of freely on this channel for obvious reasons. It is the harm that causes harm. And many of the prophecies the Lord gave me that I painstakingly covered in 2020, 2021, God said that people will be flat out sterile. This is men and women. The next thing God said is that children will be coming deformed into this world, suffering all kinds of congenital defects, suffering from strange conditions and diseases. Some of these children, God said, will be very strange looking and they will be born clearly in pain. And this is straight up the emergence of Nephilim-like creatures Women will be bringing these things forth and they won't know what they're bringing forth because the father looked human. But when that baby is born, they will be strange looking, not of this earth. Their obvious hybridization will start to show and watch the medical community starts to come up with brand new terms as they always do when they're confronted by things they don't understand. Ancient things, long lasting things that have been around. If Noah was around, he wouldn't create a new term. He would know that he was looking at a hybrid God said that many of these children would come with strange conditions, strange diseases, and some of them openly looking strange and clearly in pain. And he said that there will come a time where people will start to opt to be totally sterilized because they don't want what is being born to be born. It'll be hard to get pregnant in the future. And as a result, you know, human beings, whenever we can't have something, it becomes the new trendy obsession so he said that fertility will become an obsession. This means that there will be people who completely make their living out of either having wellness clinics, you need to get your mind in the right space and then you will conceive. There will be people who will make a ton of money off IVF, fertility clinics. Um, God said there will be a sharp rise in reliance on this freezing egg business, this freezing sperm business, IVF, and any other methods in the future that I may not know of, that he did not disclose to me, he said that other methods will be created and available. And one of the things that I definitely have spoken of that I saw arising in the future is the cultivated perfect baby. That's right. A father's sperm, a mother's egg or donor's egg or donor's sperm coming together and you get to literally build your own baby like a meal at IHOP 
this color skin, this color eyes, this much height, athletic ability, or we want brain ability, or we need brain surgeon ability, and the genetics are tweaked to perfection. The child is cooked, and uh, it may happen in a womb, or it may happen somewhere else, and then will be delivered. All of this will be happening. God said that one of the only good outcomes of all this fertility obsession will be that people will adopt children who don't have homes, parents, or living relatives to take them in, but the bad will outweigh the good by far. And things that are bad, people will start stealing children in order to have children. So this thing where you see trafficking and the children end up in ritual abuse, they end up in murders, they end up in horrible situations. People are going to be stealing children to complete their homes. So they're, obviously, in order for people to steal children, most people are not skilled in stealing children. So this is how you, you read the prophecies on the blog and you think about them. It's not the average person that's going to run out to Walmart and see a child and go, that's just the hair color, eye color I want. He looks just like Frank. I'm going to grab him now. There is going to come the rise of the child stealing for a brand new home business. So they're going to be trafficking children across nations, across borders, and across states because people are lonely and people want children. So other people are going to have the baby and then you'll be told, I'm so sorry, your baby passed away and he was strange looking and we thought it's best that you don't see him. So there's actually no baby to show you. And you gave birth to something bouncing and beautiful and he's already on his way being shipped to wherever he's being shipped to because a family there paid two and a half million dollars for him and just too bad for you. Child stealing will occur. People will buy and sell children. They will sell their own children for very high sums of money to whoever wants a child. And they will also sell stolen children to whoever wants a child. The rise of surrogacy. I have been speaking for many months about a new breed, a new class of young women that will be living their best life. These women will be almost a type of socialite because they will be offering their wombs to older couples to have their children in exchange for massive sums of money. And these young women are basically going to have their life's dreams taken care of. Uh, this, this couple will do everything for this young woman, set her up financially, see after her every comfort because of how much they want these children because children will be rare and hard to get. Infertility, the curse of God, just as God, um, Hannah had to pray so much before God opened her womb for her to give birth to Samuel. Um, God is just going to shut the wombs of many in this in this time, sexual immorality is just going to shut the womb. Sickness is going to shut the womb. And I did share on Facebook many years ago that I saw a vision of a very beautiful woman, a, a lovely woman. You, you couldn't want a better looking woman. And she had been so promiscuous. And now um, she wanted to have children and she went to the doctor and uh, the doctor was trying to figure out, you know, your vitals are fine and everything like that. And he couldn't 
he, he didn't know what was wrong, not knowing that this woman had been cursed. I saw another vision of a very good looking woman also who went to the doctor and her lower part was infested with live maggots. And she went there and she did not tell the doctor what she was suffering from. And when this man saw it, he just sprinted from the room and wanted to throw up. And he was thinking, how can this be? And that is going to be one of the afflictions that God will hit people with. They continue in sexual immorality. God said that the things that eat dead people will eat you if you continue to fornicate. So the Lord said that it will be very hard to have a genuine and a viable pregnancy. Genuine means an actual human baby. Viable means that you actually start at month one and end at month eight or nine with a living baby in your hand. He said it will only be by his grace his will, if it's his will for people to have babies and his mercy. And I also saw that one of the reasons that there were hardly any children is because there's a new generation coming. So this generation that will be desperately looking after children right growing up now among us and in the future is waiting a generation that will not want children at all. I've spoken about these, these people such as in the prophecy, the new man, they don't care about family. And you're watching that grow up in the hearts of the youth right now. They don't care about family values. They don't care about settling down. They want to be as free as they were in the 1960s. They are not interested in legacy. They scorn all that. They are in the age of hedonistic pleasure. To be a hedonist means that everything that you do, all your pursuits, the only thoughts on your mind are to feed the flesh, the best wine, the best food, the best music, the best travel, the best experiences, the best sex, the most sex, everything that pleases the flesh, you want to be a connoisseur of that. People like that, they can never be parents because the most core thing about parenting is deep love, deep patience, and just unflinching willingness to sacrifice no hedonist possesses these things. And so the generation that is coming up does not care about children. God said that they just want to indulge in endless sex with multiple partners, with no worries of getting pregnant. And if you read and watch the prophecy, the new man, you will see that I saw in the future that they will be having sex with a suit. So there is a kind of suit that you will put on the suit and the suit will tingle your body and do everything that a human being physical, physically there is supposed to do. And you'll be having sex in the virtual world, sex in the cloud with nobody there. And wearing this suit, you can have sex with one person. You can have sex with 15 people. You can actually split off orgy rooms, private rooms. You can go to a place where there's an orgy and there's a hundred people there and all of you are together. And somehow this suit will make you have the feelings of multiple people. You can split off into a room with just two, or you can split off from that big group into a room with just five. It was a total mess. And the only word that God used to describe that horrible thing that I was seeing is abomination. So the next part of this prophecy is called the fate of fresh water, the star wormwood. Water will be scarce and hard to find. I've said that. A carefully prized resource. And God said that the rich will have better access to this than the poor. 
And that is the case with all things. And I saw a poisonous, poisonous dust falling from the sky, cancer causing in the extreme, very highly cancerous. I'm not talking about the cancer that takes a long time. I'm talking about some living virulent thing that eats up people. It literally made the flesh to rot on the body and erupts in pimples and boils. People were covered with pustules and boils when they died because of this water. And whoever drank the water died. Let us just go back to the scripture at the top for a moment. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and on springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. One third of the waters became wormwood and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. This is Revelation 8 and 10. So I'm always sharing here that when you are reading scripture, you, you, you need to think about it. You don't just read the sentence and then think, okay, it says a star fell and whatever. It says many people died because they drank the water. And now you're hearing in prophecy that God says water will be scarce. So now you understand why the scripture said many people died. Why? If one or two people drink wormwood water and their skin begins to eat away in a short period of time and they become highly sick and covered with boils and covered with pustules, do you think that in an ideal world where water is available, other people will go and drink the wormwood water? No. The reason that people will drink the water is because times shall be so desperate that though they know the water means death, they shall be driven to drink it because there's nothing else to drink and because thirst is a primal need. Even if there's dirty water there that you would never drink on a good day, you would drink it. And this is why many died, not because they didn't know that the water had wormwood, but because they were literally in desperate dire straits without a choice. Wormwood appeared to me as a fine dust falling from the sky, but God said that it's also a person. It is a bitter, heavily astringent and cancer calling, causing dust. And that dust was caused because there was a heavenly body in the heavens and it was coming into our atmosphere and it began to disintegrate and it became dust. And God said, that is an angel sent to kill people. That is a star celestial. That is a person. Well, that star turned to dust and he fell into one third of the water that has its face to the sky. What do I mean water with its face to the sky? Surface water, water that's just sitting there. So all the seas, the lakes, the ponds, the rivers, things like that. I saw that exposed water was poisoned with this wormwood dust. And whoever got, whoever drank that water got sick in a horrible way and they died. But all the water that was hidden. So you find the water that is, you know, let's say there's a lake, but there happens to be a mountain by the side of it. And when wormwood is falling because of the face of the mountain, nothing goes into that lake. Everything that was hidden, cave water, water that was under the ground in the water table, inlets, non-exposed water was just fine. Now, the way that wormwood kid pe killed people, the Bible calls it rot. And that's the only word I could use 
People literally watched their flesh getting radioactive. Not the kind of radioactivity that you find when you're exposed to nuclear material, but it had the same effect as if they had been. The flesh got saggy and loose. It became highly irradiated and it rotted and it had pimples and boils everywhere. And God said that the desperation of people that drove them to drink the water is a death sentence a punishment to the whole earth for sin. And so I saw that people had to dig desperately into the water table for water. Underground water is not contaminated with that falling star's dust. And so that water was safe for drinking. But here's the thing. God said that many countries are unprepared for the kind of mass scale drilling operations that are needed to bring water from under the ground for your population. You've got one or two people. That's still a tough number. You've got 340 million like we are here in America. Well, God said, as a result of countries being unprepared for that type of thing, many will drink wormwood out of sheer desperation. And he said, the face of humanity will be covered with pimples, boils, and pain as those who drink the water die. This is the word of the Lord. The next part of the prophecy is called the loss of the sea, part two. And that's because there is a part one already. He said, there will be droughts that attack the lands for long periods worldwide increase in temperature also that makes water disappear. The sea will recede, meaning the sea as it comes up, as we know it, it will move back far off. And he said that great and fantastical creatures that we never thought existed will be exposed. And he said that people will be forced to believe in what they never believed in before, because for the first time, it will be right there in front of them. So all the people who think that the videos here talking about the mermaids and the kraken and that massive sea serpent that I saw, the serpent was so big that if this was the whole sea, the serpent came up to half the sea. So the serpent could rest on the bottom of the sea and its head would be halfway and then the rest is the top of the sea. And it could just rise up and eat a ship. It wouldn't crunch the ship. Its mouth was big enough to take the whole ship with tons of seawater in one gulp, and then it would simply sink down into the sea again. Well, at the time that the judgment of these creatures finally comes around, when the sea begins to recede and also boil, as I will discuss here momentarily, all of this can be found in the book of Revelation if you read it. Um... Those huge beasts will be getting their punishment. The place that they live, the mermaids finally will be fried because the sea will be drying up and the sea will also be boiling. And I guess God will finally be dealing with them from their nefarious sexual ways. God says that people will have to believe in what they never believed in because for the first time it'll be right there in front of them. And he said, it is his will that this should happen. It is his will for the sea to dry up. It is his will for countries that depend on fishing industries to go bust and start to starve. It is his will because he says, mankind, you are rebellious and you will pay the price for all your sins on this earth. The sea will go to the horizon. You will see it with your own eyes, the ocean gone and the creatures of the deepest parts of it uncovered. There are creatures in the sea of such a massive scale that human beings cannot conceive of it. In fact, nothing exists 
to accurately weigh or measure these creatures. There is no measuring system that exists today, God was telling me, that can ever measure the length, the height, the width, and the tonnage of these beasts. But he says they will be lying there for everybody to take a look at. And then the sea will boil. He said that the sea will get very hot. It will get too hot for habitation, meaning the life inside it. And it will be too hot for any viable human projects. This is fishing, traveling, sailing, recreation, swimming, anything we use the sea for. He said the boiling sea will kill all life that is in it and a great stench will come upon the earth. This is a terrible punishment because to anyone who has smelled one rotting fish, you know that that fish can empty out a house. Imagine the earth filled with dead sea life. Men will not be able to bear the stench of the sea, but God said, you will bear it because it is your punishment for your unrighteousness and your sinfulness before me. Man has been rebellious against God since he was created. God said from the day of his genesis, meaning his starting point, God says, a rebellious people, you scorn my mercy and you have laughed in the face of my great sacrifices for your sake. Therefore, the punishment for rebellion is boils, pimples, having no water, not being able to birth babies, watching the young being taken away, and the growing stench of the sea until it is all gone. This is the word of the Lord. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me, and until I see you again, goodbye.